Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty, so you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. What's going on, guys? Hey, Love Tribe. Welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in. We got a great show for you today. 
where we talked to for the third time. Yeah, right? yeah, third, third time, time, Dr. Paulette Sherman, and she is a psychologist and relationship expert and the author of the new book. Facebook dating from first date to soulmate. And we dive into dating. And if you are dating, there's going to be a lot of great stuff for you. But even if you're married in a committed relationship, we talk about how to date your partner better. And a lot of the tools um, will apply to uh, both of you, whether you are single or married or in between. On your way to being married. Yeah. And if you are dating and you're currently spending way too much time on Tinder or Plenty Fish or OkCupid, I don't even know all of them. There's so many of them. Uh, Dr. Sherman will talk to you about the new Facebook dating app and why that could be a game changer for your dating experiences. Yeah, it seems pretty cool. A lot better in uh, finding meaningful relationships. Mm -hmm. And we go over some some of the... ways that Sarah and I make our dates a little bit better. And you might learn something new about Sarah that uh, (laughs) I share despite her protests. My willingness to accept that you exaggerated just a little bit. A little bit. But so uh, now you know. (laughs) Ahead of time. (laughs) As always, we appreciate you guys tuning in, subscribing to the podcast telling your friends and family. It really means a lot to us. Thank you so much and enjoy today's show. Today's show is brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship. Create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days. We've collaborated with 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. To unlock a special offer only for I Do Podcast listeners, visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. That's sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. Hi, Paula. Thanks for joining us back on the show for, I think it's the third time now. Yes, my privilege and my pleasure. Thank you for having me again. Today, we're going to talk about mindful approaches to dating. And we we can talk about this in the context of online dating. If you're single and you're dating, just dating, you know, meeting a stranger at the coffee shop, but also dating your partner. So if you're listening and you're married or you're in a relationship, there's going to be some great tips you're going to give us and our listeners for how we can take these tools and tips and apply them in our partnership on date night. So let's dive in and talk about some of the things we can think about to be more mindful and have a healthier approach to our dating life. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, I find that as a dating coach for so many years and also couples therapist that we all get triggered in multiple ways. And clearly, it's easy to do in marriage as well. But especially with dating when it's strangers, because you're not used to caring about someone, all of a sudden they disappear or you don't know why you've been rejected. So it can be fraught with conflict. And um, I like to look at relationships for the different books that I've written, like on dating or marriage or relationships, as a, a transformative experience where we can learn about what we're conscious of of ourselves and you know what we're unconscious of. And that helps us to transform as people and to love more. And so that's kind of the context with which I chose this Facebook dating um, book. Because I feel like as a platform, 
it gives you the opportunity to be more mindful about who you're choosing and learning about yourself through the whole process. And I can go into why if you'd like later, but I think that's particularly hard in dating in general. And then online, it's even more difficult because you don't even have a face to the person. You're not even meeting in person at first. So, um, and in terms of the bridge to marriage, I feel like we also get triggered in marriage. So if we can learn to look at our own stuff and not project it and understand it better and to stay centered and peaceful, then that definitely is going to benefit our marriage, whether it's just in disagreements or whether it's, um, like you said, we're going to talk about having date night with your partner and doing that mindfully as well. You just mentioned the your new book and then how that is about, uh, part of it is about the new Facebook dating app. And can you talk a little bit about that? Tell us what it is and why it's different from all the other dating apps out there. Sure, I'd be happy to. So I'm always getting complaints about online dating. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have covered that before in your show, but mm-hmm. because it's a lot of swiping, it's a lot of nude pictures, people sort of being disrespectful, maybe um, disappearing on you in a way that they might not do as much in real life. And there's no real context for the person. And so one of the contexts that Facebook dating platform put out there from the ground up was that it was going to be a platform for mindful relationships that are based on consideration rather than impulse. And so there are numerous ways that they built, built this platform with that in mind. And some of the features that they have that you don't really see on other apps So for example, they're going to match you based on shared interests and they know a lot about you for better or for worse. So they're going to, as part of their secret algorithm, they're going to be able to kind of match you in deeper ways and you have options. So you can keep things very private, but you can also unlock, let's say your shared interests or your groups and you can meet people live. So if you're somebody who has a big interest in being vegan or in saving animals, or um, I don't know, you had you're really interested in the cause of like multiple sclerosis or something, you can meet, see who's single in those groups and you're already starting in a much deeper level in that way. Um, And then in terms of the swiping and things like this, they've arranged it so that if people write things, you can't just swipe over their pictures. You have to actually scroll down and read it. Um, And so it's akin to sending the message from the beginning that like you need to know the whole person. If people are being disrespectful to you, you can block them. You can report it um, and things like this. So they've tried to come up with a more community perspective in terms of safety um, and things like this, which I can go into so that you're feeling um, that it's a respectful platform, that it's mindful that you're looking at the whole person. They have conversation starters so that you're really like trying to, to go to a deeper level from the beginning. Um, and they also recommend that you're only talking to people within a certain geographical radius. So you're not trying to strike up a hookup situation with someone far away and that kind of thing. Um, so those are just some of the things. And there are a lot of other features as well that we can go into. But that's what sort of promoted to me as a dating coach, something that w- might be different than what's already out there. And you also have the option eventually to unlock your personal profiles. So then you really get to see someone, even though you're not meeting yet live, you know, in the context of their friends and family and their daily life, which is a feature I think is really neat that they don't have on other platforms. Sarah and I have been out of the dating game for over 10 years now and actually (laughs) never did online dating. But having read up on this new platform, and we both know what Tinder is and how it works in other dating apps, this seems Mm -hmm. like 
a much better approach to meeting someone that you're going to have a meaningful relationship with. Not that it can't happen in other ways. And even in real life, look, Sarah and I, we met in a bar on New Year's. Like, <laughs> you know, that's not like the most highbrow situation or whatever. So I'm not trying to dump on Tinder and other apps, but it seems like their mission of a more mindful approach, um, it's really going to provide that and hopefully alleviate a lot of the frustration. So uh, I want to ask you, have any of your clients used this and, and have direct feedback for, uh, for this, you know, the success or how they like the new platform? So the issue with, with any new platform is unfortunately that it takes a while for it to populate. So the, the potential of this, which made me really excited when I started writing the book before it came out, even in the U S is that they have 200 million singles, I think it is or whatever. And they, you know, it's free. So a lot of people, even older singles are already on there. And then it's just a lower barrier for people to join since they're already on it. But to answer your question, people have started getting on it and I was able to see it, but there are not so many great matches yet. Like there are some, but it's going to take a while for people to start matching up and meeting. Although I have heard reports that it launched in, I think it's 20 countries now or something. So it launched before other places and that there have been some reports of marriages, but I am excited to hear any love stories and matches that come out of it and to see, um, because to me, at least theoretically, in terms of how they built it and the features that they have, I feel that it does promote deeper relationships. So that's my answer to your question right now. It's just really in the early stages. It's been a few weeks that it's been out here. So Right. No marriages within a couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I feel like people start talking, sometimes I'm surprised how quickly after like three months or something, you know, or four months, people are like, they know, and they want to start talking about engagement, even though they're taking their time. That's happened to me a few times, but um, I'm trying to, I wouldn't really be happy if in a few weeks people were talking about online, <laughs> even if it wasn't Facebook dating, you know? Um, but yeah, they do, research does show, I think I mentioned to you guys before um, that Sometimes that uh, marriages happen more quickly when people meet online and that they're more lasting because there's more information up front. So it'll be interesting to see. And if any platform is rich enough, right, and has enough data science, it would be Facebook dating um, to really see any trends. So as dating experts, I think we should be excited to see what comes out of that as well, because they've already done some research to say different things like... uh, that if you have been engaging on Facebook with somebody for a certain amount of time, then your relationship is likely to last this amount of time and things like that. So that I'm sure they're going to be looking for trends and research to see what they can tell uh, based on the information they glean from this in terms of outcomes. Let's go back to something you mentioned earlier in the interview, and that is how relationships make us aware of what we're conscious and or unconscious about in ourselves. And this seems like a theme with really any relationship issue we deal with on the show is that you can't fix something that you're not conscious of. And if you're in a marriage and you're having difficulty, you got to address what it is that's causing you and your partner to have these repeated issues in order to help solve the problem. In the dating realm, you know, this can come up. It can be a beautiful thing that when you're dating, the people you're dating are a reflection back on to you and you see what you need to work on. So how how can people think about this 
that are dating or in a relationship, how can they become more mindful to become more aware of the things that are unconscious to them that are going to help them find a happier relationship, whether they're in one or trying to find one? That's a great question. I feel like the only thing that you really can control is yourself. And then, of course, in outer ways, you can choose the best platform for you and one that matches your values, etc. But one way is to notice what's being triggered in you. And so I have over 20 mindfulness exercises as they relate to dating issues. And some examples might be like, if you get jealous of somebody, because part of dating is dating multiple people some of the time. And, you know, if your your self-esteem goes down or you feel um, really anxious, there's dating anxiety a lot of times before a date or you have negative self-talk. So these would be some examples of things that really aren't necessarily about the other person. The other person can mirror them for you or trigger them for you. But they're things that could be really helpful for you to learn about yourself. And if you go into that feeling, I'll, I'll use anger, for example. But sometimes there's things that make you angry when you're dating and also in marriage, right? With, with your partner. And so you could just justify all the terrible things they did and then have it go on a rant about how the whole opposite sex sucks, right? And maybe you shouldn't have gotten married or maybe you shouldn't even be dating, right? And you project it onto the other person. Or you could use that situation to kind of center, um, take what I call an inner pause and... Um, see where that feeling is in your body to try to understand it and then to look at what might be underneath it. You know, what might you really be feeling? And usually it's some call for not feeling loved and to understand what that is about and what's hurt you. And then to even think about where maybe in childhood you've experienced something similar. And then to see if that applies also to what's going on with your partner or with your date. And then Irregardless of how it turns out, you probably glean some good information about yourself that's helpful going forward. And you can kind of calm yourself down and get into a more centered, loving place again where you're okay before you respond. And, you know, obviously that pays off in dividends in a marriage because you're going to see that person again and you want to have positive interactions that move you forward. But in dating, whether or not you date that person again, you're not, you're going to be happy with who you are as a date. You're going to be able to recover a lot more quickly. You're going to avoid dating burnout because um, research shows that after a month, many daters just give up because they get so upset, like emotionally. So if you can at least control your emotional regulation and be happy and peaceful and know a system to go back to yourself and to learn about yourself, then you're going to progress much more quickly and easily and more successfully in the long run. One of the things that I've found really helpful to recognize in myself are the stories that I tell myself. Mm -hmm. So I'll get caught in these loops and, and you kind of touched on it that we tell ourselves these stories about our partner or if you're dating, you know, I'm not good at dating or I'll never find the right person, whatever. But there's these recurring stories and it's like our own self dialogue. And I've just realized how much that shapes my reality. And when I'm happy, it's shaping it if I'm telling myself a good story, but more impactfully, when I'm upset or frustrated or trying to improve Sarah and I's relationship, I'm telling myself a negative story that often is not the reality. It's not true. It's not what's going on. Can you talk a little bit about this and how we can change these patterns? Absolutely. So part of mindfulness is both emotions and thoughts. 
and looking at them and not making them, these are stories, not making them true or who they, who you are. And that's what you're speaking about. So if you can kind of just watch and observe them without taking them too personally, then you can kind of work with them and shift them to something that's healthier. And so an example could be, um, I often got with my first book I talked about, I would see a lot of women who are 36 and they'd say, no men want to marry someone over 35. So they'd be in the elevator, someone great would be flirting with them, but they say, oh, it must be my imagination because I'm 36. So no one's going to want to marry me or would be interested. And so they've stopped themselves inside, right? With based on the story that they're living into before they even have a rejection out there. And I often say, don't reject yourself in the process, right? Because what you can control is your thoughts, feelings, and actions and who in your identity description, your stories that you're telling yourself. So if you have to tell yourself a story, it might as well be a positive one that you want to live into, which is really the basis of the law of attraction. Um, but what often happens is we assume the worst and then we trap ourselves before we even deal with what's real. Um, and so one tool I'll tell my couples a lot of times is look at the facts and not the stories that you create about them. So your husband could be late and you've decided it's because he doesn't care about you or doesn't love you. And that makes it 10 times worse. Whereas, you know, maybe the reality was something completely different. And then you're already in a a fury. You're upset with yourself and with him before he's even come home. And then it's just not going to go well. Does that make sense? Um, And it's really similar in dating. And I gave you an example of that with the the age barrier or belief. Yes. And I found this to be so valuable, just this recognition. And it's something I'm continuing to try to work on and, and get better at in switching those stories because those stories are, it's like an automatic response. It's not like I go, hmm, what's the story I'm going to tell myself? You know, it, it's just, it pops up and then the dialogue is running in the head, the, the movie, my story, my life story. And another example that I love how thinking about this can be valuable is someone cuts you off in traffic. And I know my immediate reaction is like, what a jerk, you know, instead of asking yourself, why, you know, why am I, or, or after the fact, like, why am I thinking they're a jerk? And what if that person is is on the way to the hospital to see their sick wife, you know, and, and instead of the story of they're a jerk and they did that, you know, because they're a bad person and they wanted to get at me. And if we can apply that also to our relationships, but it's just uh, a really good framework to work with. And so I just want to maybe touch on this a little bit more, being mindful and recognizing that this is happening. How can we make it last so that it, it comes easier that we're telling ourselves a positive story about our relationships? Let's take a break to talk about today's sponsors. Today's episode is sponsored by Iconic, where you can shop name brand glasses, contacts, and sunglasses for the best possible price. Iconic seamlessly connects your eyewear, your vision insurance coverage, and your doctor's expertise with their network of over 38,000 eye doctors. Yeah, Chase and I got two pairs of glasses from Iconic, and the process is super cool. They have this try-on tool where you can try on any pair on their website and see how they actually look on your face before you buy them. So no need to go to the stores to try on all the different frames. You can do it 
right from the comfort of your home. So enjoy the view and visit iconic.com slash I do. That's iconic, E-Y-E-C-O-N-I-C.com slash I do to shop over 60 high quality name brands, including Nike, Ray-Ban, Oakley, and AccuView. And definitely get glasses, but even if you don't want to, try this tool because it's super cool. We were like just playing with it for fun. It looks like you're wearing the glasses (laughs) um, through the tool. So check that out and get free shipping and returns, price matching and complimentary frame adjustment. Plus save up to $220 when you apply your insurance. If you don't have insurance, use the code IDO to get 10% off your entire order. Iconic is looking out for your eyes. Today's episode is brought to you by Native. Native creates safe, simple, effective deodorants that smell amazing and actually work, which means when we're in hot and humid Costa Rica, we stay dry and smelling like coconut and vanilla, which is my favorite scent. Coconut and vanilla is better than my BO. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no brainer. Does not smell like coconut no. and vanilla. Gross. <laughs> Native's clean and simple ingredients allow you to know exactly what's in your deodorant. And they happen to be ingredients found in nature, such as coconut oil, shea butter, for moisturizer and tapioca starch to absorb wetness. So there are zero aluminum and parabens added. Although Native is priced at a slight premium compared to the conventional deodorants, it's totally worth it. Aluminum is in a lot of brands, and we now know that it may be linked to some serious health ramifications. And it's not only us that loves Native. They have over 8,000 five-star reviews. So for 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code IDO during checkout. That's nativedeodorant.com and use promo code IDO at checkout. It's funny, Chase, because I'm writing another, like I finished the Facebook dating one and my next book is about marriage, sort of similar to dating from the inside out, like a marriage from the inside out. And I feel like you're, we're discussing those chapters, right? (laughs) But um, the one thing I was going to add in terms of the relationship piece of what you're saying is that they've actually found in the research that when, which is a very tough thing to do, but when spouses actually assume a positive story or a positive intention, that those marriages are much more successful and lasting. So I'll give you an example, which I'm not sure even I could do it on my worst day, you know, but they'll say like, if you have a special date at home and the kids are away and you're getting dressed up and your husband's supposed to come home and then he's like an hour too late because he's visiting a friend or his mother, you know, most people would get really upset and then have a confrontation when they come and maybe just give up on the date, but that they're saying those successful couples would actually assume, well, okay, I'm not happy about this, but the truth is that he almost never sees that friend or his mother. And like, I'm sure that he, um, it's really like not, he's not intending to hurt me that this is actually good for him and then be in a better state when he comes back. So you have that choice. You don't have a choice about what the other person does, but if you are going to create a story, you can create a very compassionate one or one that gives a person the benefit of the doubt. But what we often do is based on past bad experience is almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, they always leave that on the floor. They're always late. So that's what they're doing now. And then it almost sets the other person up for failure. And for you to be angry before you even know, or you've asked like what has happened there. So that's 
a little bit about what you can do is like choose a more positive story, choose to give the person the benefit of the doubt or choose to ask and find out what are the facts before you create a story. The other thing you can do is some self-soothing and put yourself into a good place so that you're not sitting there seething and creating a negative story for like two hours. Then the momentum is very negative, but you can, you know, do some meditation or do watch something funny or try to distract yourself so that you are, or do some mindfulness so that you've, kind of come in contact with your feelings, understand how you're feeling and kind of don't immediately attack or project that onto the other person. To switch back to to dating and, and online dating, but even in a committed relationship, it seems like we could apply this to rejection that, you know, they call it ghosting. Like this person mm-hmm. just doesn't respond and will probably assume bad intent when, hey, maybe they're rushing to the hospital to see their parent to use that example again. But what are some other ways that people can deal with rejection when it comes to dating? So it's true that that it's a very good point that they could be going to the hospital. It's another possibility that they are um, an unhappy person or just someone who can't deal with confrontation or what have you. But where we really go rise, make it personal. And we say, oh, it must be because they don't care about me or they found someone better or things like that. I hear a lot of times. So I think it's very important to have high self-esteem and come back to a centered place, no matter what's going on around you, which is a tall order. But um, it's very important in dating because these are people that you haven't handpicked that you have no context for. And some of them may have attachment issues. They may have issues that, you know, have nothing to do with you. I often say that 70% of why you get rejected in dating isn't even personal. It may be that they had a very critical mother. And so unconsciously, that's what they're attracted to. And you're just not critical enough. You know, it's like, (laughs) even though you're a wonderful person. So, you know, it's actually a misnomer to be, to, to assign that blame or, you know, to yourself So I think to be able to be mindful, come back to a centered place and to move forward, knowing that you're worthy and that you're good and that you, that you have to eyes on your own script, right? You can't write the story for somebody else and what that's about, like you said. So I think that that's a very useful skill to have in dating for sure, which is a lot of ups and downs and unknowns, but even for marriage as well, because there'll be times that your partner may be depressed or lose a job or have substance issues or whatever's happening, right? And there may be deal breakers in that, but if there isn't, then it's very important for you to not go downhill with them and to be able to have the skill to not personalize it, to put yourself into a good um, space, to be able to make yourself happy, right? And to be mindful before you just respond or to respond instead of react. Otherwise, you're both coming from a place where you're, you're unconscious and it can get very negative very quickly. You briefly touched on some tools earlier in the interview, but if you could expand a little bit more on maybe some exercises or tools that people can implement on maybe their first date, and then also if uh, a couple is doing date night. Oh, sure. Okay. So (laughs) if you have dating anxiety, I like to, I, I think I talked to you guys, I can't remember when I wrote the book of sacred baths, but I even have just touch on that for a second, a bath that you can do. So it's really relaxing. You can have essential oils and detox with um, bath salt, Epsom salt, and you can just visualize the date going really well. So you're already putting that to touch on what Chase said, that positive vision or story out there and starting with the positive energy and self-love and let go of any negative thoughts that you're kind of 
putting in there before that that's even a reality. So that would be one example of a ritual you could do before a date. You can also, if you're feeling anxious, do a mindfulness meditation like I have in my book where you kind of see where is the anxiety in my body and you breathe into that and you do some deep breathing and then you say, you know, um, don't judge any of those feelings, but just let them go and then say what might be underneath that and kind of be kind and compassionate with yourself because what all this really is about is peeling the layers of things that sort of like the noise and coming back to your calm, wise self, which we all have as our our essential self, I feel. And so when you can kind of get back to that still and centered place of love, then you can go into any situation and it isn't even about the content. You can still address the same issue or meet someone new, but you're not bringing all those layers of baggage and noise and negativity with you. So that's what what these things try to do. Um, In terms of how to do that on a date night, um, you certainly could do either of those things before date night the same exact way. But one thing I would say about a date night that I tell my couples is that it's so easy just to bring in a lot of business type stuff into date night. Um, And even if you think it's positive things about, you know, your daughter's party coming up, like my daughter has a party in three weeks and I haven't had a moment to grab my husband to even plan it or it's even two weeks now. Um, so, you know, it would be very easy if we have this time set aside to just talk about that, to talk about plans. And even if they're positive things, and I tell couples, try not to do that in terms of being mindful, design your date night so that you're going to focus on just what's great about each other, let's say, or doing something new and exciting so that it's almost like before you had kids. And it's not that you're not trying to be, um, in reality, but you just want to really be present with that person and be willing to be surprised and to focus on appreciating them and being happy and that kind of thing. Because there's so few moments otherwise, right? That I don't know how you guys feel, but when you don't have all those kind of layers of reality coming in um, from the past or from the future. So that's one way to be really mindful and to do that on a weekly basis, I think pays off in so many ways the research has shown. In terms of your sex life, in terms of um, your satisfaction in the relationship, and even in terms of just Um, learning new things about your partner and yourself, and then creating more of a romantic environment. To add on to that, I feel like whenever Chase and I go into a date night and we have a lot of unfinished stuff to talk about, I feel like it kind of cramps Mm. our style, like of really enjoying each other, the best parts of each other, like you mentioned. And so I guess... My tip of advice for that would be to our listeners would be if there's something that's kind of harping on the relationship, maybe try and talk about it before so that it's not the center of attention during your date night. I think that's great. And if you don't have time to talk about it before you're ready, right, probably the energy might still affect you. So, that, so your way is the best. But you could always say, um, I know that this is pressing. Like I've done that before and I know we're going to be tempted to talk about this, but let's just try to put it aside because we're not going to have this time again for a while, <laughs> right? So let's just really try to be present and enjoy whatever we're doing. And then we'll make a time to talk about this separately. So you're kind of getting ahead of that train. Another thing Sarah and I found really valuable is taking a list of questions. You can find them online. And we've mentioned this before, but, you know, like questions to ask your spouse that are different to get the conversation going. And it feels a bit artificial to just have like a list of 30 questions, but 
It's not. And when you've been with someone for 10 years, like Sarah and I have, you kind of need it. And I learned some new things about Sarah on our last date night. And she's smiling at me now. (laughs) I I don't know if I'll share them with our listeners. I think it's so cool you're willing to do that because I love that idea. But I think once I had one of those pink books of questions, because I love that kind of stuff, and I was trying to read it to my husband. Of course, I didn't prepare him, but he was like rolling his eyes at me. (laughs) Like, you don't want to play that game. So I think it's great. You're really, you're up for that. And I think that is a a wonderful idea. You know, whether they're, whether you get one of those little books that they sell on Amazon or look them up online, or even just ask things you're curious about in general, like, you know, about their childhood or their things they're looking forward to. I think that's really so important because I, I don't know if you guys have had that experience, but I've, I've seen couples where or talk about when they're sitting with people they haven't seen for a while and they've asked their husband a million times about their job or different things. And then all of a sudden he just like opens up and shares things that he would never share with them. And I feel like number one, they don't ask, but also, you know, you're just so in the same patterns of reacting and responding with each other that often nothing new occurs. So if you can shake it up a little bit and go deeper or really be interested then that can shake you out of that pattern. The questions are really just kind of an icebreaker because after one question, it kind of naturally led itself into other questions and different conversations because we were opening new things about each other that we had never talked about before, which is kind of crazy after 10 years that there are still new things that we don't know about each other. I agree. I mean, it feels like you must know everything, but I bet that there are so many things that you don't even know about yourselves, right? Much less each other. So I think it's always, it's wonderful to keep inquiring because that's when relationships die kind of, right? When they get really boring or you become like furniture to each other. So, and I think that's also part of the potential of affairs too, is like someone makes you feel special again, or is really interested in you or celebrates your accomplishments, right? So it's very easy. None of us are perfect and we're overwhelmed and stuff, but it's very easy to get complacent and to forget to really see your partner and your singular relationship with them apart from everything else that's going on. And that's the mindfulness piece. So it sounds like you guys really are doing that. It's a wonderful role model for people that you're actively working on it all the time, it seems like. Yeah. Well, we can always do more and 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 it does take work. <laughs> and I would have never learned that Sarah had lice for two years <laughs> of In her like life second as, a, grade. as a child. <laughs> It's, I just learned this like a month ago. I'm sorry, Maybe Sarah. not one to talk about on day night. I, I oh had to God. share it with our listeners. <laughs> but I was like, how could I not know that? That's such a big thing. Her and her neighbor, this other girl, were yeah. friends, and they were just basically like Giving pass it, it back, back and, and forth. forth. We were like 10 years old, and we would just this, share each other's you brushes. You couldn't help it. I know. We couldn't and, help it. And we and, just couldn't get rid of it. It was and, like our parents, our mothers, like were they had to keep us separated for like weeks because of this, because they could I not never, get rid of it. This is like a big deal, and I never knew this. Oh, a and big deal. It was really cool. And no judgment. I just... It, 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 look, I'm I'm obviously joking, but in all reality, it did make me feel like closer to Sarah because I was like, oh, here's this funny childhood story that's kind of like a big thing and I never knew. And that's kind of a beautiful thing to rediscover your partner. Obviously, you know, it's like... <laughs> in a weird way. Yeah, <laughs> but, but it could happen another way. And, and there were other questions. I'm just <laughs> using that because it's kind of funny, but... You know, like what would you do if you if you didn't have to work and you could retire tomorrow? And then you you really start 
getting your yourself thinking about an answer to that and then having deeper conversations that don't involve kids, bills, work, um, these things that, that tend to happen uh, in long-term relationships. I love that. I think it makes, you know, the other person feel really valued and heard and, and growing. And those are the things that really make you want to connect with the other person and see the value they bring. I mean, obviously they bring value on a daily basis too in other ways, but um, I think that that gets lost so often. Um, so that sounds wonderful. Plus like the more you, you know, even though you've known them for X amount of years, like you're saying 10, or maybe, you know, knew her dating too, like 13 or something. <clears throat> there was how many years before you even knew her that there's no way, you know, all those details. Right. And those things, at least as a therapist, the things from her childhood or, or your childhood, you know, really help you to also understand the blocks that someone has or why they are the way they are, their values or why they are the way they are. So it is actually really valuable to go back and learn about those things. It is. And we could talk about so many things when it comes to dating and, and your relationship. And we're excited that we were able to dive in a little bit to the new Facebook dating app. And maybe we'll have to check in in a year after like thousands of people have, have <laughs> been married through the app. But before we wrap up, could you maybe... Tell our listeners that are dating or trying to date their partner better, are, are there any lasting comments you want to leave with them as they uh, tackle the dating life? And then we will wrap up and say goodbye. Sure. So I think, especially when it comes to the Facebook dating um, platform, that you should look at dating as an inside out process. So overall to learn what your own blocks are, what the other persons are and how to love more and how to know yourself and your triggers, which we spoke about today. And to look at date, Facebook dating as an opportunity to unlock as much information as you would wish to. So you can go all the way to seeing the person's friends and family and their shared interests, their groups to meeting people live. So it's very exciting. Um, and if you want to learn more, then they can pick up my book, which is called Facebook Dating from First Date to Soulmate on Amazon under Paulette Sherman. Great. And can you remind us your website for our listeners? Sure. My website is drpaulettesherman.com. Perfect. And we'll have the links to your website and your book on our website at idpodcast.com on your show notes page and in the podcast description. And thank you again for joining us back on the show. Thank you, guys. It's always fun to speak with you. Hi, guys. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, all the links are in the show notes page, as well as on the podcast description. And while you're on our website, we encourage you guys to check out our 14-day happy couple challenge. We send you an email for 14 days with simple, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And on our website, we also have a bunch of free resources for your relationship. So we encourage you to check those out. Uh, we also have our love tribe on Facebook. Uh, we encourage you guys to join the tribe and uh, be there for support for each other. If you have questions or just need some relationship advice, we are all here for each other. Um, the group has grown to almost a thousand people um, and we love it. So we hope you guys join that. You can go to Facebook, Love Tribe Fam, and you'll find us right there. And if you are interested in learning more about our 
flagship course, Spark My Relationship. We hope you guys check it out. We have a special offer that is only for podcast listeners. So you can go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock and you can unlock that special offer and learn more. As always, thank you guys so much and we'll see you next week. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com